1: Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today on the show, we are going to focus on the Packers' problems. We know what the Packers have done in the offseason. We know where they stand now with their roster. So there were two things that were particularly troubling last year. On defense, we're going to focus on some offensive stuff next week, but I want to focus just on the defense today and say, okay, what are the things that they did poorly last year that they need to improve this year if they want to be real contenders? And if they can do it, how will they attempt to do it? Will it work? And what is the best path for them to do that thing? Not going to be easy, but it is, I think, an interesting conversation because this is how the Packers and any team view their offseason. There is a a self-scouting portion of your offseason where you say, okay, let's just look at everything we did. What did we do? Why did we do it? Why did it work? Why didn't it work? And how can we make it work better in 2020? Or do we just have to scrap it? Do we just have to say, okay, this approach is not going to work. For the Packers, the number one thing that they need to find an answer for is their run defense. And what's particularly interesting about this is two years ago, Mike Patton played a lot of heavy personnel early in downs to try and combat the run game, and teams by the end of the year said, okay, if you're going to play your base defense on first down, we're going to throw on first down. And we don't think your linebackers can cover well enough. And we don't think you can get pressure fast enough to deal with what we're going to throw at you. And guess what? They were right. And so Mike Patton said, okay, that's fine. Then what we're going to do is we're going to stick with the identity that we have. And that is we care about stopping the pass. So on even on first down, we're going to be in nickel. We're going to be in some sort of big nickel with an extra defensive back so that if you do throw the ball, even if you're in base personnel, we got that covered. The problem for the Packers is they they finished 23rd against the run by DVOA, according to Football Outsiders. And what makes it really hard to swallow is they were 31st in adjusted line yards. They got pushed around up front. And that's even with Kenny Clark, Preston Smith, and Zadarius Smith being really, really good players last year. The basis of these problems started on first down. Uh, They were the 31st run defense by success rate on first down. It would be weird if Mike Patton could call plays effectively on second and third down but not first down. It just doesn't seem like that is a potential solution. That answer as a a potential solution to this issue is not really viable. If he's a good defensive play caller, and I think he is, then first down versus second and third shouldn't really be an issue for him. The bigger problem seems to be personnel. Now, the weird thing, as I was going back and looking at the statistics, you would think a bad defense would be bad and bad all the time. And their power run rate, by football outsiders was also bottom of the league. But on second and third and short, in situations where the opposing offense needed three or less, second and three, second and two, third and three, third and two, third and one, et cetera, the Packers were actually a top 10 run defense. When the situation became a little bit more predictable, when they thought, okay, a run is a little bit more likely they became more assignment sound. And part of that is when you have great pass rushers like the Packers do, in those shorter yarded situations, they're not going to fly off the ball the same way. Mike Pettin's defense is inherently about creating penetration and winning those one-on-one battles by pushing your guy back even if you're slightly out of position or out of your gap. He views a win as if you displace your guy From where he wants to be, that's a win. You push the guard two yards into the backfield, even if you're no longer in your gap, that's a win. Well, in these short-yardage situations, you're more likely to blow up a play because teams are more likely to throw a short-yardage pass, they're more likely to run the ball potentially, and they're less likely to do the thing that the Packers offense did very effectively last year, in fact, did at a historic rate last year, and that's create chunk plays. Because teams just don't quite have that mentality, even if the analytics say they should. So if Green Bay is good in those situations, why aren't they good on first and 10? And I think there are two reasons for this. The first is linebacker play. Because one of the reasons why your run defense is not good on first down is because you're worried about the pass. And if you're Blake Martinez you are not reading and reacting at a high level. You are not a twitchy linebacker who can be wrong and still come up and make a play. You're a solid, sturdy, run-defending linebacker who is worried about getting beat. So if you're worried about getting beat in the passing game, it's much harder to play instinctively in the run game. And I believe that hurt Blake Martinez's play over the course of the season. Christian Kirksey is the kind of player who, when healthy, is athletic enough and smart enough to, first of all, react and know where to be. But he makes plays with force and decisiveness, something that Blake Martinez did not do enough over the last few seasons, something he did, by the way, early on in his career. When things are clean in front of him, he can make those decisions and come downhill and make a tackle. When Kenny Clark and Mike Daniels kept him clean, He could make those plays because the reads are cleaner. You see everything that's going on in front of you because you've got two guys who are taking up all the blocks, and now you can see the action clearer. Christian Kirksey doesn't necessarily need that. He is a more instinctive player, and he will just come downhill and meet someone in the hole for a one-yard gain, a one-yard loss. He is more aggressive in doing stuff like that. So... I think that is one factor. I think Christian Kirksey can help with that first down run defense just because of his intelligence and his instinctive play. The second part of this is the safety position. It's easy to forget now, but the Packers lost Raven Green early in the season last year and really were not able to find a suitable solution beyond that. So if they're going to play big nickel, if they're going to play three safeties... You want to have three good safeties. Darnell Savage was also hurt. He missed games, and so you got to play Will Redmond. you got to play Channon Sullivan a little out of position, and you're not putting your best guys on the field. I think the Packers in 2020 are going to find that they're going to play when they play base, they're going to be able to do it with more athletic guys on the field. Kirksey is more athletic than Blake Martinez, and when they're playing base, it's not going to be B.J. Goodson. It's going to be Oren Burks, or it's going to be Curtis Bolton, or it's going to be Ty Summers, or it's going to be Kamal Martin, and all of those guys move better than B.J. Goodson or Antonio Morrison or the players who have been on this roster the last few years. That will allow them to be more versatile and not feel like they have to protect the pass. When you're protecting against the pass and not stopping the run, it's because you are slow to come forward. You are protecting against play-action. You don't want to get beat behind you. Well, when you're fast enough to make those plays, even if you guess wrong, then you worry less about it. If you can take two steps forward on a run and make the play and also take two steps forward on a play-action pass and still recover to get into your zone, that creates a big advantage for you as a player. It's not that Bobby Wagner is always right. He doesn't always see the play exactly right. But he knows that if he takes a step or two forward and it's a play-action pass, he knows where that receiver behind him is trying to get to, and now he's flying to that area to break up the pass. That is the difference in a, a player who can make plays and coverage and those guys who can't. There's also this question about whether Zadarius Smith as a rover will help change that. It was it was a, an idea that I came up with as... A potential solution to this. It's its something that obviously Mike Patton came up with the idea to do it. But I thought, okay, did their defense get better? Did the rover position and the fact that Zadaria Smith was now playing all over the field, did it improve their run defense? And the fact is, it didn't. From Week 12 on, they were exactly the same <laughs> in success rate against the run. So it is not really something that is going to make them better against the run. Now, maybe over the course of the season it does. He creates a couple extra negative plays here and there, and it makes it harder to figure out who's going to block where and how and who. So maybe it it has a fringe benefit there. Maybe having a full offseason to incorporate him there and, and he can now read and react a little bit better improves that, but that's not the solution. The solution is going to come from your box defenders, Adrian Amos. Christian Kirksey, whatever backup linebacker is going to play, and that and that trio of safeties, Raven Green, Darnell Savage, all those guys, they have to be better. They have to play more decisively and more instinctive for this run defense to get better in 2020. And if it's hard for you to be a little bit more instinctive when it comes to buying car parts, that's okay. It's not easy for almost anyone, especially amateurs out there. And that's the difference at rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it seems impossible to go in and get what you're looking for at any big box store, but you have access to everything you could possibly need at your home, in your phone, wherever you are that you have internet access because you have access to rockauto.com. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do rockauto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login go to rockauto.com right now and see all of the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you.
0: Hey listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better.
1: So the other part of this Packers defense that didn't come through as often as you would like is defending the tight end. And this has been a problem for the Packers for a number of years. Last year, they were 26th in DVOA defending tight ends. They were 27th in 2018. Glass half full, they got better. (laughs) But not really, right? They're still a very bad team defending tight ends. And... Part of the reason, in fact, the impetus for this podcast, for this theme with the podcast was I was reminded of the Oakland Raiders game when the Packers went in against a Raiders team that didn't have Antonio Brown, didn't have Tyrell Williams at 100%. The only pass catcher who could hurt the Packers was Darren Waller, and yet Time and time again, he found himself wide open in the middle of the Packers' defense. One of the major problems in the loss to the Eagles was the Packers' inability to match up with Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. And this is something that they're going to have to figure out because if they want to win the NFC, they're going to have to defend tight ends like Jared Cook and George Kittle and the, the Eagles guys, that Eagles duo I mentioned. Kyle Rudolph with Minnesota. I mean, there are plenty of good guys that they're going to have to face, and Green Bay's defense is going to have to rise to the occasion. What I'm interested to see is, does Green Bay's approach change? Because against 11 personnel last year, Green Bay played much more man coverage. So when teams went three receivers, Green Bay played a lot of man coverage. When teams were in base, They played more zone coverage. Now, the big busts in Green Bay's defense were in zone, but play-to-play, they were better as a zone team than a man team last year. You can think of the coverage busts. You can think of Travis Kelsey getting wide open down the field, George Kittle getting wide open down the field, on zone coverage errors. You hope that with a young defense, they can button up some of that stuff and create fewer opportunities for opposing tight ends to get open. You want your zone defense, if you're going to play zone, you have to play disciplined. So Green Bay, they've got young corners, you know King, Jair Alexander, and now Channing Sullivan looks like he's going to be the nickel. You've got Adrian Amos, who is a veteran now, Darnell Savage, also a young player. They all have to be better in zone. They have to be more disciplined. They have to prevent... These busts, because it wasn't just the safeties. The easy answer to this is, oh, the linebackers and the safeties have to play better. That's true to a point, but the corners have to as well. You know, the cover three replacement on the crosser has to be better. That killed the Packers a number of times. It's something we talked about a bunch over the course of last season, And it's something that I'm sure that they will drill over the course of training camp and into the season. I'm sure it's something that during these workouts, during these Zoom calls, they're able to do some work on because it's a film thing. Hey, when they show this and we play it this way, it has to be this. You have to be here. And maybe they they decide to play coverage differently. Maybe with Christian Kirksey, maybe with Curtis Bolt, Noren Burks, they decide to cover it differently. When you have linebackers who can cover, it changes your perspective on how you want your safeties to approach certain types of plays. But in zone, the the Packers' defense has to be better. They have to be more disciplined. There is no excuse for busting a coverage in zone. There just isn't. You have to know where you're going to be, and you have to know against certain types of plays where your outlets are and where offenses are going to try and attack you. So if you're in cover three, you have to know where the weak points are. And you can't get beat over the top. You can't be so aggressive underneath that someone gets in behind you. It just can't happen. And it happened too often for the Packers last year. Now, they were able to create turnovers. They were able to create sacks and negative plays that made up for a lot of that, and they ended up being a top-10 defense against the pass by DVOA overall. But it is true that against tight ends, they had... Now, the other part of this, of course, is that matchup. So without Blake Martinez, who is going to be the guy matching up against these tight ends? For a a while in the the early 2010s, it was Charles Woodson. They'd take him off whoever and put him on, you know, Jason Witten or Jimmy Graham or whoever the, the stud tight end that week was if they had to face one. It was for a little while Micah Hyde a role to which he was not ideally suited. We found out he's actually great as a roving free safety playmaker, ball hawk type, and if the Packers had realized that instead of HaHa Clinton-Dix, they might be a lot better off. Darnell Savage is not ideally suited to that because of his size. Smaller, built more like a corner, under 6 feet, under 200 pounds, so his ability to run with tight ends is not going to be a problem, but his ability to cover them because of his size is. Now, can Adrian Amos handle the task? It's not something you want to be predictive about. And this is something Mike Patton has talked at, at at length about over the course of the last few seasons. He doesn't want to play strictly man. He doesn't want to play match because it's too predictable. If a team knows, okay, Adrian Amos has our tight end all day, then they always know when it's man coverage. And it makes it much harder to disguise when you're going to play some sort of zone or match or whatever it is. And so Green Bay is not going to want to do that. Now, if you have more players that you think can play in space, you know, Christian Kirksey said, I'm used to playing in space, played that will for for Mike Patton before. If you think he's going to be better in the middle of the field and you think Savage and Amos are going to play more disciplined on the back end, you think King and Jair are going to play more disciplined on the outside, then you feel more comfortable in zone coverage. And then now you can mix. So the question is, can Christian Kirksey play with these tight ends? Probably not. It's not what you want. He's not that guy. You have two players who are better suited to that role, Oren Burks and Curtis Bolton. Can those guys earn roles? Because if they have roles on this team, it's not going to be stuffing the run on first down. We talked in the A Block about, okay, they're going to play some base on first down, and those guys have to be better. That's true. But it's not going to be their value to this team. When they're on the field, 20 30% of the snaps, it's going to be in terms of their value add, their ability to cover tight ends and running backs, and that's it. The run game value is marginal. And they have to play well because they're on the field. So the fact that they're on the field means that they have to play well, otherwise you're in trouble. But their value is in their ability to run and cover. And certainly run and chase in the run game, but run and cover mostly. So if you can get more productivity out of those guys, now you really have something at least on early downs. And you're playing 11 personnel, you know, second, third and long, third and eight. Okay, you're probably going to have a safety matched up on these tight ends, not a linebacker, and that puts you in a more advantageous position. The question then becomes, who is that guy? Is it Amos? And, you know, he is not an ideal man cover safety. He's not Tyron Matthew, who does, by the way, cover these tight ends. And maybe you give Darnell Savage that opportunity. You know, my, my colleague at Packer Report, Ross Uglum, has said many times over the course of the last few months that Darnell Savage's best position is in that Honey Badger type role. Maybe you give him an opportunity because he is a former corner. So I just said, well, he's not ideally suited by size. Well, either is Tyron Matthew. So go out there and give him a chance. Let him fail because he has the athletic traits to do it. Your other options are Amos, who is is better as a zone corner, who is better as a zone safety, or Raven Green, who's better as a hybrid player. If he's running to cover backs out of the backfield, if he's blitzing, if he's coming downhill in the run game, yeah, he can be a useful player. And I, I do think it's a little bit underrated how much his injury hurt this team I was, I would say, overconfident in Ibrahim Campbell's ability to play based on the, the short sample size that we got in 2018 with him. Raven Green, similar situation. Am I overvaluing what he did early in training camp and then early in the season before he got hurt? Was really good against the Bears. Was really good against the Bears. But you know what? A few years ago, who was really good against the Bears in week one? Kentrell Bryce. And then what happened? Is he still in the league? I don't know. So we need to see what the options are here in, in a man coverage situation. I do think giving Darnell Savage, especially against certain types of guys, the Travis Kelseys of the world, guys who can run routes like receivers. You know, George Kittle is going to overpower guys. And someone like George Kittle against Savage may be too big a mismatch. Kelsey is... Physically overpowering, but not in the same way Kittle is. And Kelsey's a little bit more finesse, a little bit more like a receiver out there. Okay, so that's the kind of guy you want to put Savage on, the Evan Ingrams of the world. That's who you want to put Savage on. And and yeah, let him let him get some reps against Kittle. Let's see what he can do. Jared Cook is a great example of the kind of tight end you would throw Savage on because he is a true speed finesse tight end. And against most safeties, he's going to be too good. And against nearly all linebackers, he's going to be too good. So do the Packers give Darnell Savage a look there? I think playing more of that nickel with the three safeties allows them to mix and match, given the week. This is going to be a team effort. It takes a village against the tight end. And, you know, having a great tight end is such a huge advantage George Kittle and Travis Kelsey were enormous values to their team last year, but only a handful of teams have guys like that. And so it's not a week-in, week-out problem. Now, it was for the Packers when it was, and that is a potential difference between a win and a loss. If they had faced the Eagles in a playoff game and Carson Wentz had been healthy, that would have been a big advantage for them. They faced the Seahawks, who don't have the same kind of firepower there. You know, Maybe the Saints would be a good matchup, because of Savage and Cook. So in the playoffs, this is going to be so matchup dependent. Over the course of the season, you're not going to face a lot of these guys, so your problems against the tight end aren't magnified in the same kind of way. And that is, that is borne out by the stats. The Packers were a top 10 passing defense despite being so bad against tight ends because week in and week out, you're just not going to see tight ends the same way. And even teams that have you know solid tight ends, They only throw to those guys three or four times a game. So even if you're bad against those guys, if you're good against the receivers, it's not nearly as big a deal. So while it is something that the Packers need to fix, it's not something that you need to focus your whole offseason on trying to stop. And speaking of things worth focusing on, if you are trying to focus on what's next for you, trying to make an impact in the world, there's no better place Than the U.S. Army, whether your goal is to fight and cure diseases, develop technologies or seek adventure across the globe. The Army is where you can make all of that happen and so much more. The Army is a team of a million individuals working together to take on the most complex problems in the nation and the world and to win. Ask yourself what's your warrior and text ALPL to 462769 to find out that's ALPL to 462769. This episode is brought to you by WISE. Progress is great, isn't it? People listen to music on record players, then tapes and CDs, and now you can stream music and podcasts. When technology moves forward, you move with it. Like with WISE, the modern way to move money internationally. It's smarter and simpler. They use new technologies, so when you send, spend, or convert money with WISE, you get a better exchange rate with lower fees. And over 30% of transfers arrive in less time than it takes to listen to this right now. Join over 10 million people and businesses and try WISE for free at wise.com slash podcast. All right, we're gonna be back next week and working on some, some fun stuff as we're moving forward here toward training camp opening. The, the signs are not great when it comes to the coronavirus and and what's going on around them, but it does seem like sports leagues are moving ahead. The PGA tour, despite the increase in in testing all of a sudden in a sport where you would expect it would be the easiest to socially distance and and to be safe. People are still testing positive. So this is a big test right now. And we're going to see a lot of the fortitude of these teams to do the right thing. We're gonna see the impact of money on these things. New players pull out of the NBA bubble every day. Avery Bradley of the Lakers is the latest one um, for the for the sake of his family and the safety of them. And, and it's gonna be something that that the NFL may have to consider with a bubble. And and may have to consider going to changing a lot of different things. We we learned that they're gonna close down the first few rows of every stadium, even if there are fans, and and put in signage so that they can sell some extra ad space that makes some sense that's a good financial decision for the league but it doesn't make the players safer so at what point do NFL players start saying hey this is not going to be safe for us you know the NFL PA said hey stop working out after there was an outbreak among a group of players who were working out in Nashville and yet you know Tom Brady supposed to be a smart guy is out there in Tampa with his teammates In Florida, where the numbers are exploding and where multiple Buccaneers, staffers, coaches, and players have already tested positive, and he's out there practicing with them. So we can't expect the players to do the right thing. I don't know that we can expect the league or the teams to do the right thing. So maybe we're just going to be full steam ahead and it's going to be a situation where a lot of key players, star players, we have to be prepared for a world in which Patrick Mahomes misses two weeks with this or three weeks or four weeks because who knows how it's going to affect your body. And teams who are able to have good safety protocols will be in a better position. But if you play a team who has bad safety protocols, it could be the case that against those bad teams, now you get a couple guys sick and it hurts you the next week or the week after that. So there is a lot that has to get ironed out. I mean, a lot. And I I hope they're able to do it. I hope we have, you know, a a lot better opportunities to... Get this under control and, and get things turned back in the right direction. But um, that's going to require a lot of effort from a lot of people. So I hope we were able to do it. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that 920 341. 3775 to stay locked on power.